Good morning, everyone. It's Judith A. Culp. You're listening to Mad Love. Welcome to your Monday. How's it going? How have you been? Uh, I had a good weekend. Productive. Amusing. You know, uh, can't complain. Still uh, isolating for the most part, but I did have to go out yesterday. And I'm telling you, people in St. Louis are clearly over the virus. People are out. Not a lot of people... uh, social distancing, um, almost no masks. Me and my mom had on masks and like four other people. (laughs) That was it of all the people I saw. We drove by the park. It was packed. People, um, now what was interesting is one lady, yeah, people were all up on each other, not in a super crowded way, but in a way that would make me uncomfortable. Um, and one lady was walking down the street you know, pretty proud to not have on a mask, it seemed. But I mean, she literally almost stepped into my car trying to socially distance, though. No mask, but another lady was walking and she, you know, really almost got hit by me trying to keep social distance. So I don't know, priorities, people just wear a mask and then you don't have to worry. Um, I don't I really think people don't fully understand the mask. I think people think I don't feel sick. So why should I put on a mask? And that's really not the point. None of this was about you getting sick or you being sick or you feeling bad. The whole point was if we stay away from each other and wear masks, uh, if we do spread the virus, we'll limit spreading the virus. But if you have the virus, then you won't spread it because you're isolated. And when you go out, You're keeping the virus with you. It's a very American thing to want to protest the right to stay safe. You're really protesting the right to be exposed more to the virus is really what you want. You know, and I these politicians are so weak. They just cave to everything because they want to keep their jobs. And sometimes you just have to do the right thing and risk being unpopular, which is such a non-American thing to do. But I mean, that's really where we are. And, you know, I just it's just a fascinating thing. Crisis really shows you who people are. It just does. And Americans just aren't ready to give up their shit and their and their fun. You know, people are mad. I'm going to go out, too. But I'm going to be honest with you. In a virus situation, I'm, you know, I don't really need somebody else to cook my food. <laughs> you know what I mean? How do you get virus off the meat? So now, you know, you got the meat factory, the the one in Iowa for sure that's full of full of COVID nineteen or coronavirus. I don't know how many people have actually tested for. Yeah, I think several people tested for it, and a lot of people went went sick and stopped coming to work. Um, so they did have COVID-19, not just coronavirus. So um, if that's in the meat, I don't want that meat. I mean, I just, I'm not understanding why this is so complicated for people. You know what? It really is Darwinism. Uh, this is natural selection. If you want to get out here and uh, do you and you don't care, okay, I'm telling you, it is not going to be a very Merry Christmas for people. And that's just facts. I listen to someone go on about how this virus was cooked up in a lab. I don't believe that. Um, and if it was, 
okay, but I, I don't personally believe that. Because if you read any history book, part of being alive in a human is we're susceptible to plagues and viruses. <laughs> That's part of the human existence. Long before anybody believed scientifically you could cook it up. That's nature. We're made up of all these bacteria and germs. and I mean, that's what we're comprised of. And when your body comes across something it's never seen before, you know, it gets overwhelmed. It can't fight it. So, you know, and some people won't make it because some people haven't been working on their immune systems and they haven't been eating nutritious foods and they haven't been exercising. They haven't gotten good rest. So, yeah, that makes you very susceptible. So, yeah, the goal is to wear masks, wash your hands, and uh, be as isolated as possible to keep from spreading it. Not to keep you from feeling, I don't feel sick, I'm going out. Okay, that's not the point. And apparently you can walk around and, and feel great and just be spreading the shit out of it. And there will be people who will come across it who won't be ready. And some of those people will be young. Some of them will be old. Some will be uh, of all races and genders. And so stop pretending like it can't happen to you. And I guarantee you, if you've never, ever really, truly been sick, you're taking it a lot lighter than someone who has. And I'm telling you, you don't want that. You don't want your life to, you don't want to have to fight for your life. It's a scary feeling. You know, I emerged from it with some odd confidence because I have that kind of faith, but everybody won't recover. So, you know, you need to you need to at least put yourself in a position where you won't get it so you can lower your probability of it. So that that's my lecture on that. Just be smart and let the dum-dums be dumb. And there are plenty. There are plenty. I'm going to protest people trying to keep me safe with a gun like that makes zero sense Ugh. anyway I was thinking about it yesterday uh shelf life you know I think people see racism and white privilege in a lot of places I don't and believe you me I know what it is I've seen it up close and I told the person that I believe they were uh exerting white privilege and they were and I wasn't wrong Uh, But I think one of the areas where I see white privilege and it really seems limiting and almost insulting is in hip hop. And I'll tell you why. I like I like Post Malone. I do. He has some good tracks. But I remember very clearly his first album cover. He looked like a light skinned dude, like the light skinned dudes from uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Look it up. Uh, he had long braids. I think the album was called uh, White Iverson. No, it was called Stony. But the 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 uh, single that was getting most of the notice was called White Iverson. I think. And I remember seeing that album cover, and I was like, oh, you know, it was about the same time ASAP Rocky came. You know, like I thought, okay, it's this like young, you know, black dude. Uh named Post Malone. Then you fast forward and you see him and then I you know I guess he cut his hair and now he's got all his face tattoos and the gold fronts and stuff. And I'm like, okay, he w- he wasn't black, but I like some of his songs. I liked uh Wow and uh 
you know, probably another one or two. And then this other record just came out last year called Circles or earlier this year. I can't remember. I think it was last year. Circles, which is a straight, not hip hop song. It's pop, you know, and I'm thinking this is fantastic. This is white privilege because this dude was marketed like he was a stone cold thug. They didn't even show his face, just his braids. You assumed he was black on his first album cover. And now he's singing pop songs and doing commercials. And it's like only white rappers or a certain genre. of Yeah, it's really mainly this kind of. You, you couldn't be a black rapper and put out a pop record like that. Singing about your feelings and stuff. It is incredible. You have a shelf life as a rapper. And it's sad that so many young black men want to be rappers. Because it's just like being an athlete. You really only have a small window. If you're in the NBA, you get 20 years. <laughs> I think Vince... I think uh, Vince... Uh, I can't... Vince Carter's still playing. That's incredible. I remember watching him at the slam dunk contest. Like So in the NBA, you could play 20 years. NFL... You'd be good if you get a 10, 15 year career. Like, that's incredible. Uh, baseball, you know, you could play a long time, but you'll start getting injured at the end because they have 162 games. You know, you can't make it all the way uh, through a season at over 35. It's hard. So, listen, rappers, it's even worse. Like, you get maybe 10 years. Or if you're smart like Jay Z, you marry somebody who's going to keep you relevant for longer. But it's not like he could go put out a pop record. He got saved because he kept getting on his wife's records and messing a couple of them up. Sorry. I really could use a lot less Jay-Z in uh, Drunken Love and a couple other songs. I was like, why is he even on here? Um, <laughs> but I did like them both on Winning. All of this Winning. I think it's called Shining or something. But anyway, whatever that song is with uh, DJ Khaled, another one. Um, <laughs> I like that song, but like Jay-Z hasn't had a great record and people cared about 444 because of Lemonade. You see what I'm saying? Like people, oh, that's his version of Lemonade. Without Beyonce, Jay-Z would be, he would have been on the, sh- on the shelf a lot sooner too. And that to me is white privilege. <laughs> yes, it's not as incendiary as some of your examples, but I mean, it's real thing. You can't, I mean, a rapper, a black rapper cannot go put out a pop record or, or, uh, look at Lil Wayne. He's struggling to stay relevant and he's probably the most prolific. He's on, well, I think I read a long time ago. He was on like 400 records and that was 10 years ago. He's probably on a thousand records, this dude. And nobody wants to hear him be a singer songwriter. It's fascinating to me, as you can see. I really had this conversation in my head like, oh, my God, because, you know, go back 20 years ago, you know, and you think, what was 20 years ago? So in 2000, no one could have told you, like even Eminem. So but I will say this, Eminem has chosen not to use that white privilege. That's how much he loves hip hop, because Eminem could have made a like a Kid Rock move because Kid Rock came out all hip-hop then he was like wait I'm country let me sing these country songs and I love Donald Trump and all this other okay um he just used hip-hop as his platform to get on but 
Eminem really loved hip hop. So much so he never used the N-word. He thought it was disrespectful to the genre um, and to people who had brought him on. And I mean, he could have made a country or a pop record or a more uh, rock record, and he just didn't do it. So he could have used that privilege, but he didn't want to. I just think it's a fascinating thing. I really do. Um, The way we pigeonhole people. And nobody's more pigeonholed than a black rapper, be especially like somebody who kind of leans towards that gangster stuff. You know, Chance the Rapper could probably take some ah, take some chances. I did it. Um, there are probably a couple of of these sort of more lighthearted rappers that could do different things. Certainly, um, Donald Glover's guy. But you know, it's just interesting. I, I think. It's a, I think if you're a black male, hardcore, you know, if you're future, you can't make a pop record. You can't even make an R&B record. I think that's why people hate Drake, because he's able to, you know, if Drake put out, here's what I'll say. If Drake put out a hardcore 90s R&B style record, it would sell. His rap fans would be on him and yelling at him and pissed at him but the only other thing for him now is to do that or to become a host of things or to just become an executive producer and put people on and and keep producing these great tv shows and stuff that he's involved in you know what i mean to move on to his other businesses but he could make a at least a couple r&b records for sure um just and no no real hip-hop on him just real low-key he could do that because he's laid the groundwork that's part of what he does most of his records are half hip-hop half r&b which is why he has people like me as a fan because i miss 90s r&b too um but future can't do that (laughs) you can't who wants to hear young thug make a romantic record like no most of these guys are pigeonholed into this one genre and it's not a good look after you're you know 35 people look at you like dude what are you talking about you got money you got obviously got women life is going good for you you know whatever you're into you got it so what's you know and so you're going to be pigeonholed into making the same record over and over again big sean you know and i like big sean but what are you gonna do you know you you already made certain records so if you can't branch out to like electronic music, which I think is the most forgiving and most yielding. That's why a lot of them, that's why a lot of these rappers are on some of these, uh, you know, Marshmello records or Calvin Harris records because that audience is more open-minded and some of those beats lend themselves to those songs. But, you know, you're you're not going to be able to uh, do what Post Malone did with the Circle song. I mean, it's just fascinating. And if you go back, you can apply it to most, like, most rappers, you know? And I think Drake would be one of them. Now, if he made an R&B record, it would sell, and I would buy it because I like what he does. But if you aren't diversified, your shelf life is probably 10 years as a rapper. And you can still make money. You just got to be really, really clever, and you might not make it the way you want to. So... You know, even somebody like Missy Elliott. 
Look at, I mean, it's just this, this formula applies to a lot of people. Kanye had to lose his mind and make gospel records, but he laid the ground with Jesus walks. The people like, yeah, yeah, he do like the Lord because he made that Jesus walk, you know, so they could accept that (laughs) on another note real quick. Thank you so much for the support. Uh, We had a great launch for our music project, which is entitled Mescal. It did really, really well. Um, for us, we're not doing Drake numbers, but we did really well and uh, got a lot of word of mouth. So thank you so much. Uh, I'll continue to post the songs here. I don't get paid for those, but I own the copyright and I want to share them. And uh, you can find them everywhere you listen to music. Sound, sound, uh, SoundCloud included, uh, as well as Apple Music and Spotify and Amazon and Google Play. Uh, the title of the project is Mescal. It is by the Culper Manifest. They are my team and they delivered it. So it's a real cool, chill record. It's basically, I made an investment into a Mescal company and uh, they were like, great, what's that sound like? And this is our version of what that would be like. A night of sipping Mescal at Drake's house. Uh, I turned into Drake's house. They were like, at mansions. And I was like, Drake's mansion. So there you have it. All right. Thank you so much for the support and please take care of yourselves. Do the social distancing, wash your hands, put on a mask. Besides, if you get the right mask, it's kind of badass. So I have one and me and my mom look like straight G's and R's. (laughs) You know how hard it is to make an 80 something year old person look like a G? Put a mask on them. Black mask. It works. All right. Take care of yourselves. Be well. We'll meet back here soon. Peace.